1995, John Suk founded Deep Elm Records. Today, 20 years later, Deep Elm Records boasts over 220 releases. We celebrate the pioneering spirit and the awesome artists that make up Deep Elm Records each week here on the unofficial Deep Elm Podcast. The unofficial Deep Elm Podcast begins now. Thank you for checking out the unofficial Deep Elm Podcast, whether it be on Spreaker or iTunes. This is Wayne here, your host. And tonight, excuse me, tonight we start on a, on quite a journey actually, on about uh, 15 years of John Suk's life, <laughs> uh, basically, as he's documented it before, uh, the emo diaries. Now, what do you think of when you think of emo? You think of kids gazing at their shoes, think of long hair and sensitivity, you think of a, a bunch of teenagers just angsty at everything and screaming their emotions through music. That was not the case when John Suk started the Emo Diaries in 1997. Emo was sort of known, but not quite. In fact, it didn't even really have its name at that time. John describes the birth of the Emo Diaries uh, as basically a, a project he started that was going to be called the Indie Rock Diaries, but that was ruled out when bands Jimmy Eat World and Sam I Am, who were both signed to major record labels, were selected for the album. These albums were open submission. Basically, John would take the material, whether it be CD or however it came, not look at who sent it, and listen to it. If it was right for the source material, then he would use it. If it wasn't, he wouldn't. Pure and simple. That's how bands like Jimmy Eat World and Sam I Am, who submitted their work for this project, were chosen. Then, John had an idea of turning the title into the Emotional Diaries. However, that was way too long to fit on an album cover, so he just shortened it to Emo. And some would say that was when the whole Emo phenomenon was born. However, this series is not as much about classifications or names or even stereotypes. This series is about the music. This series is about music that makes one feel. Music that the founder of Deep Elm Records felt at the time that tied into his inner psyche and that he wanted to release. There's a reason these are called diaries. Each of these tracks were basically telling a story. Each of these albums were compiled in a chapter-like basis because they were chapters in one story. So it's pretty interesting the whole the whole starting of Deep Elm or the starting of uh, what of the emo diaries. I'm sorry, I'm going crazy here. Uh, the emo diaries started basically as a documentation of what was going on in uh, the world of Deep Elm and put out in compilation form. Now, each of these were open submission, as I mentioned before. So we're going to play three of the, I guess you could say, three very impactful tracks on uh, on this on this album. Every single track is good. As a matter of fact, 
there are very positive reviews on this. Uh, Fracture writes, has there ever in the history of the compilation record been a better one than this? This is 100% quality from start to finish. Every single band is the best emo rock band around right now. And this was released uh, September 16th, 1997. The review goes, each band is likely to cause your chest to burst with total euphoria. And that is that is saying something grand right there. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, the review continues, If emo is your thing, write this down on your must-have list. The reviewer writes, My life is now dedicated to laying my hands on a copy of Chapter 2. This album was basically the foundation of what became a movement and would later become something of a derisive subject, but we'll get into that later. Right now, we're just going to enjoy the opener to this podcast and the opener to the album. This is Jimmy Eat World with a song very appropriately entitled Opener. When we come back, we'll talk more reviews and we'll uh, discuss a little bit more about the series here on the unofficial Deep Elm Podcast. You are listening to the unofficial Deep Elm Podcast, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and recorded live every Saturday night, only on Spreaker.com.
Jimmy Eat World with a track aptly named Opener, which opens up the Emo Diaries Chapter 1. Jimmy Eat World needs very little introduction. The band is out of Mesa, Arizona, and formed in 1993. And one interesting fact about Jimmy Eat World is that their name, contrary to urban legend, the band acronym JEW is not a reference to the band's religious beliefs, nor to member Jim Adkins. The band's name came from a drawing made after an incident between a band member by the name of, uh, last name of Linton, uh, let's see, it was, uh, pardon me here, uh, Tom Linton, excuse me, uh, Tom Linton's younger brothers, Jim and Ed Linton, who fought frequently. Jim usually won, but Ed sought revenge by drawing a picture of Jim in crayon, shoving the earth into his mouth. The picture bore the caption, Jimmy World. Just wish it was that easy for all of us who have had bands to come up with a great name. Jimmy Eat World, still uh, working on their ninth studio album right now and have blown up to be world famous. But before they were world famous, they were known to the world through the Emo Diaries, chapter one, by opening up this portion. On to more reviews of the Emo Diaries, chapter one publication called Scratch, quote, Emo Core operates on a basic principle that noise coupled with strong songwriting and at least some semblance of melody can capture the raw essence of emotion, that drums, guitars, and maybe a set of pipes can wedge a screwdriver into the most private pain center and pray out a response. The grind and burn of these 12 tracks is an educated and valiant attempt to frame a picture of this intense and intensely personal music style. What's Mine is Yours is a documentary, not a definition. Rather than providing an A to Z guide to emo, the nice and smart folks at Deep Elm rely on the force and sheer will of the music to wedge itself into your consciousness, for which you boil it down into your own thick, gooey, messy interpretation. Quite heavy words for quite an album. And as you're probably well aware if you've been listening to this podcast, you can get this album as well as anything that Deep Elm has released within its 20-plus year history by going to www.deepelm.com and naming your price. The next band is a Deep Elm original, whereas Jimmy Eat World was already signed by a major label, Camber was just starting out with Deep Elm when they put their release Sunday Brown and Green on this particular chapter of the Emo Diaries, Chapter 1, What's Mine is Yours. Camber is one of the bands that had actually recorded a 45 for Deep Elm way, way back in their early days. And Camber was with the label until around 2000 or 2001, releasing at a consistent rate. One of my favorite songs from Camber is Hollowed Out, but this is another one. Sunday Brown and Green, here on the unofficial Deep Elm podcast, celebrating the emo diary, starting with chapter one, naturally, What's Mine is Yours. You are listening to the unofficial Deep Elm podcast, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and recorded live every Saturday night, only on Spreaker.com.
In review of the notes for this podcast, I noticed that I was mistaken on the dates of activity for Camber. 1996 to 2003 are the years they were active, and they were only signed to the Deep Elm label. They were an American emo post-hardcore band from New York City, recognized for being one of the pioneers of the second wave Eastern indie emo sound, a sound that John and the folks at Deep Elm got into quite by accident or quite on purpose. I'm sure John will say maybe a little bit of both, but there was a hopping little scene out in New York at that time. Bands like Not A Surf and Mueller were hitting it big. So, I mean, and Camber came out of that exact same time and space. So, a good run, seven years for Camber on the Deep Elm label. And one of their first releases on this label was on the Emo Diaries, Chapter 1. And you just heard it right there, Sunday Brown and Green. The final song we're going to play from the Emo Diaries, Chapter 1, What's Mine Is Yours, is by a band called Race Car Riot. Now, if we were to play every single track here on the unofficial Deep Elm podcast, number one, it might be a little bit cumbersome to listen to. Number two, it would definitely be cumbersome for me to record. And number three, why would you buy the album? I mean, let's just uh, let's just be honest there. Why would you buy the album if we were to just play the entire thing? There would be no reason for you to buy the album. So what we're going to do is we're going to tell you a little bit about Race Car Riot here. This band is out of Houston, Texas, and they released parts of five albums, actually, on the Deep Elm label. They were on Post-Rockology. They were on a triple release or a three-way split, as it's called, with Appleseed Cast and Planes Mistaken for Cars. They were on the compilations Unreleased Number 3 and Unreleased Number 2, and of course, you can find them here on the Emo Diaries Chapter 1, What's Mine is Yours. The track that I will be playing is called The Last in 4000, and it will be the final track that we play here this evening. But just to let you know, and just to remind you, you can get this album in its entirety on a name-your-price basis. Go to www.deepelm.com. And if you like these songs, there's plenty more to like on the site. And it's uh, name-your-price, as I said before. One more final note about the Emo Diaries. Before judging this compilation, before judging this whole compilation series, note that Deep Elm Records, even though being a founding father of the emo genre, I guess you could say, did not intend for the term to be, quote, bastardized by the media. When a lot of people think of emo, they think of upset children, upset teenagers with long hair complaining about their suburban lifestyle. But in its most pure form, Emo music is exactly what John and the folks at Deep Elm set out for it to be in relation to this compilation. It is emotion. It's emotional music. It is music that reaches in 
spreads apart your ribs, grabs out your heart, squeezes it for a while, maybe messes with your stomach a little bit while it's there, and leaves you feeling, well, quite different than you did before. That was the intention. Not to represent a bunch of shoegazing young teenagers, but to make the listener feel something. And I hope you felt something tonight. Like Compelled to Buy, The Emo Diaries, Chapter 1, What's Mine is Yours, on sale on a name-your-price basis, all digital downloads at www.deepelm.com. This concludes the Deep Elm Podcast, the unofficial Deep Elm Podcast, that is. This is Wayne, and next week, we will move right along to Chapter 2, A Million Miles Away. But right now, we close out the broadcast with Race Car Riot, The Last in 4000. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please give us a rating, positive or negative. Feedback is always good. And once again, I thank you for listening to the unofficial Deep Elm podcast. As always, stay independent. You are listening to the unofficial Deep Elm podcast, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and recorded live every Saturday night, only on Spreaker.com.